Pai, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode is produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. Hi everyone, it's Michelle Lightworker here and welcome to another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Today I have a wonderful guest, a very gracious guest who's been extraordinarily gracious about how this episode has come into being and that shows me a great deal about her heart and her ability to tune into spirit and what's right and the flow and I really appreciate that and I really honour that. Um, I'll just introduce Lorraine Enright to you, this beautiful being of light, is the owner of owner of and also the mechanical mind coach of certitude life coaching which was established in 2010 and it's located on the north side of brisbane queensland australia lorraine is a certified and qualified nlp master practitioner life coach uh, tuned energy healer hypnotherapist speaker and published author as a mechanical mind coach lorraine works with the connections of thought emotion and energy and how it will unlock a life of richness, power and purpose, which I'm sure we all want. <laughs> With over 50 years of experience of living alongside mental illness, Lorraine's mission and passion is to make a positive impact to minimise the intake of antidepressants in today's society. It's time to shine your divine and live a life of richness, power and purpose. I love that. Welcome Lorraine Enright Goosies. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for inviting me to enlighten conversations. I feel very humble. I'm really, I love that you've got this mission to help the planet to um, really get that, that, that energy of, of being depend, a, a society that's dependent on, um, you know, like a, medic, a medication to alleviate perhaps things that could be dealt with differently. I'm really glad you have that mission to minimise that because um, when I was uh, doing my counselling practice um, for many years, people would come in to see me and, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd talk about the issues that were really at play and when they started to really drop into their bodies and things like that, they really felt that, that the antidepressants were actually sort of kind of like keeping them out of their feeling bodies. It's almost like they, they uh, felt like they were a little bit disconnected, like a head floating around, you know, yeah. instead of body <laughs> i had so many people tell me that they felt like floating heads and i thought oh wow this is really interesting and and so you know um often it's the it's the catalyst i think for us not being able to handle how we feel in our body that leads to the depressants but the the antidepressants but um and then it's like how do we find our way back from that so that we can start to feel that we can we can actually unlock the feelings so that we can liberate ourselves from from the feelings that were really holding us down. Do you, do you find that, Lorraine? I'm curious. I certainly do. I've, I've worked with clients where it's interesting, where I've seen them in that the moment where they haven't had their antidepressants, you know, for some reason or another, they haven't um, picked them up. And then the following fortnight when I see them and they're on them, they are like they're in a cloud. It's a, it's a totally different person. And it's, it's just interesting because we have so many stigmas associated with depression, feelings, emotions, all those sorts of things. You know, men don't cry, all, all this sort of stuff. And so, and with society wanting to um, have that quick fix and with the stigmas and put that together, that's a cocktail. It's a cocktail of dysfunction and not being really true to shine, shine our light. You know, like we're all entitled to have our say be who we are, um, whatever the path be that we want to go on. But unfortunately through, um, you know, life upbringings and programs and things that we see, it, it becomes dim. Yeah, and I think it's kind of like that. It's, it's like this sort of like, we fall into depression because we don't realise we haven't, haven't been dealing with our feelings or we, oh. we don't realise we haven't been following our truth because maybe we've just shut ourselves off from our feelings because we don't know how to manage them. And it's kind of like this, this cycle of 
um, it, it kind of builds on itself. I think that's why a lot of people have their breakdowns or what I like to call their breakthroughs because it, it's like it gets to a critical mass point where they just can't do it anymore. I just can't feel this hopeless anymore. I, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's like I might, I might start off feeling a little bit like joyless in my life because maybe there's not that sort of sense of purpose or heart connection with my life and my joy, but then that leads to feeling sad. And then, and then, and that sadness can create a lot of anger and then that, anger can grant a lot of guilt and then that guilt is extraordinarily heavy and that leads to feeling very very like our system can actually start to feel depressed like literally because oh. what vibrational energy of depression is it's it's and guilt is is very very heavy as well so there's a lot of i think there's a lot of um almost like a domino nice. that can happen for people and before they know it they're feeling depressed but it's been this process hasn't it it's it's like it's, you know, it's it's, like, it is a process because it can actually take someone 10 years before they come forward and they realise that they're in this state of depression. And there's many levels of depression. Depression. I can understand that um, medication is required for chemical imbalances and things like that. But I'm referring to more situational depression of life events and challenges and things like that, you know. So... It's and what do other people think? And it's it's so much more important to know what we think. What other people think is none of our business. It's what we think, and those people will support us when we are just being true and open and acknowledging where we're at and asking for that help because it's okay to have that help and it's okay to have these feelings and these emotions. And the biggest thing for me is, and this is where I find with that dominoes effect of what happens is, we bury those emotions in us. It's very important to acknowledge things and um, emotions and those thoughts, but we need to allow them to go through us, not in us. And that's the difference. We put them in us. That's really good. I like that. Um, it's, it's, it's exceptional. Um, yes, I'm, I'm a big, um, I'm a big believer that, so we, we travel the emotion and we understand what it's teaching us. It's almost like you're walking side by side with it and holding its hand and saying, Hey, sweetie, I'm here. What are you trying to tell me? Um, and so that way, you know, you've, you've got that relationship and that learning happening rather than a judgment or a sh shutting down. Um, and, I think I really feel like I need to say this too. It's like I've had clients who actually needed to be on their medication because they needed to stabilise their um, the chemical imbalances that may have, may, have, may have been really out of whack. But but because all of that's like a journey of still getting to know yourself as well. And so as clients actually, um, clear, you know, their head clears and they can actually think, and maybe they can actually feel happy again for the first time in a long time because the actual antidepressants are helping them feel happy. Then it's like about saying, well, how can we, how can, how can we create this feeling naturally? Because there, as we unlock the reasons behind the initial depression, that will then it will resolve itself rather than become dependent on the chemicals or that particular balance. Because I'm a really big believer that, because I've noticed it for me, like and and so many other people, um, that we have so much um, influence over our hormones, over our, our biological chemical processes. We do. Like you probably, you yeah. I think, with the mind, emotion, energy connection. Mm. And like uh, honouring honoring two things. Firstly, honouring the fact that we do have the ability to transform our, our, our emotional reality. We do. And our physical reality. We, we have that. We have... We have that um, choice available to us. It does take commitment though, but we do have that choice. And then the second thing is knowing what got us there. Like you were saying, like that 10 years, it could take someone to get there. And then honouring the process it may take to actually unpack that and to, re you know, to give, it the, to give it the reverence that it deserves to actually go, it's okay. We don't actually expect you to be like, like happy overnight. This is yeah. a, this journey, isn't it, Lorraine? Like it's, mm. it's it to respect a, it, 
it's a, it is a process and, that, and that's the part of, um, hence why when I do coaching and, and someone talks to me about coaching, I won't do one coaching session. Purely for the fact that it's not that there's not a change and that there's not a benefit for what's happening, but it's an ongoing thing. It's something that you've been going through for a long time. So yes, there are layers. There's tools to be able to help get through those moments as each between each session and, and what's going on. But it is layers and layers and we need to get to the root cause. The root cause of what that is. And it's surprising how many people say to me when we go through and we unveil those layers and we peel them back and we get to certain levels that they go, oh, wow. I never realised I even thought that or I never even realised that was there. Now, I use my client's language, so therefore when I'm referring back to things, it's their words and that's where they go, oh, my gosh. And I just look at them and I go, but that's, that was you saying that. I'm just repeating it. And they go, their, their mind just goes, wow, like I, I'm amazed. Yeah. yeah, I think there's so much enlightenment in recovering from depression. Um, and, you know, like I have in my life, I, I experienced postnatal depression, um, but um, which I have shared about in, in, on my shows um, that I have recorded too. But I think for me, and that was really significant, like that was really like recovering from that really helped me to pop me back into my purpose. In fact, I would have to say when I was looking at what caused my postnatal depression, it wasn't the fact that I had had a child. It was great that I had a child. I was actually enjoying that. It was more the fact that I hadn't, I hadn't, I'd stopped connecting to my purpose. Mm -hmm. um, right. And that was like when I was I'm, like, I'm 47 when this goes to air, this is going back to 2001 when I had my, 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 my seven month old baby, actually 2000, sorry, when I had my, my, my child, my, my young child. And I remember that um, prior to that, my life, like I've had, I, I had the 10 years prior to that, like I had a breakdown when I was 20 with an eating disorder, but I had been slowly like working my way back to myself, right? Mm -hmm. But if I could gauge like depression, like a low grade, like running through my life kind of chronic depression, it would have to be because I wasn't really yet plugged in to what my purpose was. And so we those lose moments... Track. Yeah. We lose track. Moments, we lose. Yeah. Especially leading up to my anorexia, eating disorder breakdown. Um, but then, yes, always sort of battling that sort of not realising. It was about me finding my purpose. And then so then when I was when I had the baby and I, you know, um, achieved all that. And, and then it was like, um, oh, sort of, sort of like a sense of longing or a sense of something um, that I hadn't, I, I can look back at it now and look at it like this, you know, at the time I wasn't thinking, I have a sense of longing, you know, I wasn't, yes, it just yes. felt crap, it just felt crap. I just felt crap. Yes. <laughs> and, um, then, and that's the interesting part of why it's nice to speak with someone that's neutral. Friends, family, they can be very supportive and I get that. But to have yeah. that person that's neutral to be able to really listen to what the conversation is. Um, you know, like I know with my clients, they fill in a, a questionnaire and then we go through certain things. Now, what they write on that piece of paper to what they say to what their body language could be three totally different things. Exactly. And it's listening and following that and understanding and picking up on certain points of yeah. where those connections start to happen. Absolutely. And you're right, because when you are in that bubble of depression, right, you, you, it, is like, it is literally like you're in the dark. Like, mm. you don't... And I, I did, I saw a psychologist and I had a session with her and she actually came to my home. We had a session together, right? Yeah. And she gave me the, she did the postnatal depression like test thing. Yeah. Which I didn't even think of, gotta say. I, yeah, I don't know why I'd never thought of that, but anyway, I hadn't. Um, and then she said, oh yeah, you've come up as a very high score. 
very high. I was like, oh, I was excited. I was so excited wow. to my, I was, I was so excited to my named it. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> you know what it is. Because it, it, it is. It's that fear of the unknown. What's really happening? What's going on in my life? Why, why is this being that? And, and those little bits of um, wedges that start to come in become very tight. And all of a sudden, you've got this tapestry of woven things that you forget and you can't see of what's going on. I know that when I went through my depression, um, I like one of the simple things that sort of helped me surprisingly was writing something on my glass door that I didn't even really see every day anyway, because I didn't open the curtains, I didn't get out of bed, um, it was very dark. But occasionally I saw it, and if someone came over that was, you know, wanting to, to see me and they went outside and they looked from the other side and then they'd go, oh, what's that? And I'd then, you know, oh, yeah, okay. But it's amazing how much impact that's had on my life now further down the track. And that simple um, statement was, there's a rainbow in every day. Whatever, whatever it was, there's a rainbow in every day. It can be the smallest of things. But again, I didn't look at that every day, but it it had an effect over time. Yeah. So I'm I'm a big believer of doing things like that. I'm a very big believer in blurting verbal diarrhea into your phone. I don't care what you're saying, no one's gonna hear it, but verbal diarrhea into your phone because yeah. that was another thing that got me through. I was so angry, I was so sad, I was just didn't know what to do, where I was. So, And the tears were pouring down my face. I could hardly breathe because all the snot was in my nose. <laughs> and yet I grabbed my phone and for about two hours, I just let loose, absolutely. And in that moment then, I started to go, oh, I could feel that slight lift of that heaviness. So I put the phone down and I did the most smallest thing. It wasn't something big, but I did something that I hadn't done before. And as soon as I could feel it again, I grabbed the phone and off I went again. Absolute nonsense. It was so important. Yes, I did see other people and speak to them, but that instant moment where I needed to not allow it to go in me, but to go through me, that was, yeah. And it's so awesome that it's it's such a that's such a beautiful example of how we can just let our parts of our psyche, whatever part needs to speak, to get it out. Mm, it, they need to say it. And while while we're sitting on it, like literally sitting on it, we're squashing them. And all the energy, I reckon, all the energy that they have where they could be helping us with our life, where they could be a guiding force in our life to help us to be creative and to think about different ways of doing things because they're so frustrated because there's another way. And all of that energy is just being splattered down. So if we let it move through us and let them rip it out and say whatever they need to say and just say, okay, I'm hearing you, okay. And then we're open to the solutions to drop in. We create a space, don't we, Lorraine? Mm -hmm. like we create the space and then we're able to listen because that's yeah. the key part. We need to listen, truly listen to our bodies, truly listen to what's happening, truly be present to see whatever's going on. And we exactly. don't do that. We don't tend to allow that to happen in our life. We're missing so much because of that. Yeah. So it's and really, also, really important. Yeah, and I think that, that when we don't give us like ourselves permission to do that for ourselves, what usually happens then is we, we get everything builds up and then we end up taking out we, all that verbal, verbal diarrhea out on other people. And oh, so God. then, you know, and, and it's like we wish, and often it's around not feeling hurt too, you know, like we, we want other people to listen to us, but we haven't, and we feel abandoned when they don't listen to us. And we feel, why, why, why am I so alone? Or why am I, you know, all that, all the symptoms of that. But what's mm -hmm. happened is that we've already abandoned ourselves yeah. by not listening to ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like so the, the increase of antidepressants 
in 2000, oh, I just want to check that, between um, 2000 and 2000 and 2011, sorry, the increase in antidepressants was 95%. Right. That's in Australia alone. Okay. That's huge. That is huge. And then when we look on the world scale of things, we've got, like in 2013, one of the happiness reports showed, and, and I'm sure it's different since that time, but the reports do different things each year. And 404 million people, this is just people that have come forth with depression. 274 million of people with anxiety. So to get the bearings of that amount, if you take the United States of America and South America and combine the population together, that's how many people are suffering that we know of with wow. depression and anxiety. That's huge. Wow. Massive. That's massive. You know what it tells me too, Lorraine? You know what it tells me too? From a unity consciousness point of view, it tells me that the that the um, the people heading for their breakdowns or breakthroughs, however we want to see that, are actually closer than ever. And if that was 2011, that makes a lot of sense because there's been a, what I think has been a really big shift in, in in people's consciousness in the last sort of five years. And so it's it's like that makes a lot of sense because if this is it's like you know changing the changing of the guard, so to speak. So if we've got a massive increase in antidepressants, there's a lot of unhappy people, there's a lot of people that don't feel like they're connected to their purpose, but then there's also, hopefully, a lot of people that don't want to be dependent on, uh, they know it's not probably going to be the answer, especially if they've walked the journey with antidepressants over a period of years, they probably realise that there's so much more to life. And so I kind of I look at the figures and I think, that we could see them in a really um, depressing way, irony. But I feel like, um, in a way, it's, it's, it says to me, oh, my God, the human race is so ready for something different. How exciting is that, like, an opportunity mm. to be a part of that change? And it's amazing that you, you do the work that you're doing. And, and I hope to, to think that, you know, this new year of beginnings is really going to, to create that shift because... It was once said that it was one in five people that would suffer depression in their lifetime. It's come down to one in five in 12 months that would suffer. Not their lifetime, now 12 months. That's, yeah. that's again, huge. So, um, you know, there's great organisations out there that are helping and, and that's fantastic. But, again, we need to be able to help people to speak up and be able to um, understand that there are situational events that can create us to what I call self-batter ourselves when, you know, we, we have that conversation with ourselves and, and language is only really 7% and yet that 7% is so powerful. That's totally. so powerful for what we're saying in our, in our mind and in our conversations and things like that. So Thank, yeah. thank you so much for shining the light on that because... I call it internal DV or, you know, internal domestic violence. You yeah. call it self-battering. You know, how do we feel when we go into town on ourselves like that? We feel depressed. Obviously, we do because we feel disempowered and we feel like we are battered. And so then these conversations that we start having with ourselves need to come from a heart space and a loving space. We need to let the downloads happen absolutely that out but also be available have a, a part of ourselves that we can anchor in that can hold the space for that and say you are okay love you anyway must be awful what you're feeling right now but here i am and there's more than this you know mm. and because yes. i think if we have our higher self come in and our spiritual helpers come in we can support like i think the antidote the antidote to depression is hope isn't it like you know because when you feel yeah. depressed it's like everything's hopeless i, I so, actually believe it's faith I yeah me too. faith is more is stronger it's faith yeah, and too. belief in yeah yeah and i mean that it, on a general scale not i do too. yeah, yeah. I, and i i feel like faith and hope um are hand in hand like almost like 
they are the same vibrational frequency because because um, faith is my one of my twelve principles that I that I talk about, and like I don't actually talk about hope, but I believe that when we look at depression, often people say hopelessness. I don't think there is anything such thing actually because that's just um, a very limited point of view of a situation. You don't you only feel hopeless when you can't see anything else, whereas faith is the antidote, right? And it tells mm. us that. Anything is possible a hundred percent of the time. So it's a complete opposite belief system. And so sure. I, I, I feel like that when our higher self is able to hold the space for those parts that need to go blah, and it has the faith that it can, it has the resources, it has the support, it has the faith that we can hold that space. Then miracles happen. I believe that. Um, I really do. I really do believe that depression serves us to find our purpose i really oh, believe I, yes yeah there's always a purpose as as you said before whether it be in you know so-called good and bad situations there's a learning every time and are we listening to that learning exactly. and another another way for people to to also understand because i know that there's many people out there that don't follow meditation or don't think that they can meditate or things like that. Now, an interesting fact is that each time you blink, you're meditating. Each time you blink, you're in that split second space of nothingness. So what I ask people is in that, when they blink, just to hold a few seconds longer in that blink and say, Take a deep breath and say, I believe in me. And in that moment is when you actually see the essence of your life, the light of your essence. It's not that dark as we think it is in that moment. And that's so special. And people, and these, yeah, people don't understand that. They're not aware of that. So that's my passion and purpose to create that awareness. That's beautiful. I, I think that the more we allow ourselves to see our light within ourselves, like you just said, the more that we allow ourselves to then really allow that to weave into our life and our lives start to transform and change and, and we start to we start to allow ourselves to, and, and we sort of talked about this coming into the conversation, allow ourselves to be seen. Um, mm -hmm. But we need to be, I think we need to be willing to see ourselves first and yeah. and. and and feel comfortable with that and then and then when we are comfortable with that then we are actually able to be seen and to to let our light shine prop like whatever way we're guided to in our own way we're all unique we're all put on this planet with different gifts and and yeah so i think the two are really like integral to each other mm. and it's also interesting with with our hands for example because in relationships in in you know, with our children, with our partners, with people, we hold hands, don't yeah. we? We hold. Well, the palm of our hands is where our heart is. Hence why we hold hands. But if we want to clear things to do with stories and our brain and, and things like that, then our brain is situated at the top of our hand. So hence... Can oh, you sorry, show me like, that? Yeah, oh. So our brain is in the top the top part of our hand and our heart is in, in our palm, in, in this hence the holding hand. So it's interesting to have those moments of finding an anchor in that point where when even when I say, you know, to close your eyes and have that moment where when you blink, I believe in myself. But if you can press a certain point and anchor that, that's even more powerful to be able to see that, your light, your essence. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. And then it's like you don't even have to be blinking. You just hold that point. And I'm yeah. remembering my right now. And then, like, you're in a meeting at work and everybody's, like, totally ignoring what you had to say and you're just like, it's okay, I'm remembering my essence right now even though yeah. nobody yeah. That's a really awesome little uh, uh, shortcut. I like that. Yeah. And it brings you back into that moment. Yeah. Because you need to bring yourself back into that moment to be hearing everything else. Yes. 
correctly. Yes. Life. Yes, clearly. Correctly, without the filters of nobody loves me. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I love that. So you, you've gone through a lot of changes lately about realising how you're stepping out, you're, you're allowing yourself to be seen. I can, I can certainly relate to that in my life, by the way. Mm -hmm. I, um, I think that a number of things, um, just like, you know, people, I don't know, I wasn't a very intelligent child. I didn't think I was. I was a bit slow. And um, You were, you just didn't think you were. Yeah, I, I, I know that for me, my brain function was diminished because of a lot of trauma that I'd gone through, but I only realise that now. And that's, I did, I, I have worked with learning support with children because I could understand how that, how that works now I, as an adult, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And so then for me, it was about sort of, um, you know, there was a lot of doubt around my ability to think and, you know, and, and you know, born with blonde hair and, 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 and not so bad looks, you know, people just go, well, you're just a dumb blonde and what do you know? And sort of being over, sort of seen but not seen. Like, and then in relationship, um, you know, just the outer shell and, and that kind of stuff, not the inner person. So and how much power does that comment have to you? We, we don't understand, do we? But how much people say that comment to you, how powerful that is for someone, depending on where they are in their life. Absolutely. And how they treat you too. Like, you know, like when I was in, um, you know, certain roles at, at work and things like that, just to be treated in a way that was that without telling you even that, just that sort of tone or, you know, dismissing, mm -hmm. dismissing, telling you that little bit of information. Oh, don't you worry about that or that kind of thing. And so for me, a lot of my stuff around my eating disorder and wanting to look a certain way and all that was kind of, it, it was it was coming from the fact that I, like that was the box I put myself in, if you like, um, that, that, um, that society had reinforced the box that I chose to put myself in basically. Um, and so for me, I, I've, I've had a lot of recovery from that because um, stepping into the spiritual area of um, really coming into uh, letting, letting my guidance come through and being transparent about that has made such a humongous difference to my life. Um, a lot of people watching this might say, well, they're afraid to step into their, to see their light, let alone step into it because of the nature of our conversation. But the freedom then and everything that comes from actually allowing yourself to be authentically who you are, which means I think we're all connected to source. I think we're all connected to spirit. I think spirit speaks through everyone all the time. Like it doesn't stop. We just think it does. Right. So I'm talking spirit speaking through you. I'm, hear it listening to the radio spirit speaking through them even if they don't realize it spirit speaking through them so there's this whole like even through the dysfunction so that we can see the dysfunction i mean there's there's spirit speaking through everything so that we all we have to do is listen and so even through the statistics that you were sharing spirit speaking through them saying look at this guys so for me i think a lot of my um allowing myself to be seen really, 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 really affected my relationships in such a big way because what I found was my relationships started to change. I, I used to be attracted to people who didn't see me. Like I, I literally oh. used to, I used to like get like hot on people who would have big walls up, you know, and that, that, that was the level of my dysfunction because I was attracted to that which I hadn't healed yet in myself. Mm -hmm. I was, I had the big wall up in between myself. And so... What happened for me was my choices around who I chose to really hang out with was after allowing myself to really be seen was really, I just didn't, I, I kind of had a really small tolerance for not, for hanging around people a long time who didn't see me, not, not judging them. I was, I was fine that they didn't see me. In fact, I had a lot more compassion for them rather than judgment. And I just went, that's cool. But for me, it was just like, hey, there's, there's heaps of people who see me over here. I'm going over there. And so it's, it's, it's extraordinarily liberating to get to a point where you let yourself be seen because then your whole like, network and your whole friends and everything completely changes and they either evolve with you or you've outgrown them. And that's a beautiful thing because I, I, I have seen so many people that I've outgrown then years later come to me and say, I just didn't get it back then, but I get it now because they're mm. ready. Mm. It's like, and who are we to say when people should be ready? You know, so, so, so yeah. 
I'm excited for you, Lorraine. That's very, very interesting um, what you're saying there because it's interesting in the sense too that it takes a lot of work to not be seen. It does. It takes more energy and more out of you not to be seen than actually to be visible and to be heard and to be authentic, to be who you are. That just flows and is at ease. And as you said, the people that you attract come to you and, and you know, you have great connections and great friends. And, and, and it's not, like you said, it's not that you don't love your friends from before that weren't ready to grow. But... They've, they've got a lot of effort and it can be quite draining to you oh, because oh of God. the energy lift that you're, that you're in and that you've grown, then they sort of, not meaning to, become suckers on your energy. And, yeah, that's not good for them and not good for you like, or, or for anyone that's in that moment. And my attitude towards them... Um, I had to look at that as well because on the one hand, I could see them as not ready and, and be in a space of love for them. But then on the other hand, I was feeling guilty. I was feeling yes. guilty for abandoning them or not wanting to have that relationship anymore, even if they wanted to, because I there were people that actually did want to keep relating. And I just felt like... a, a I had to process that and go, you know, um, it's not it's not actually doing them a favour to actually have them stay in your energy field when they're not stepping into the energy that they want from you when mm. they're not stepping into that themselves. Yes. Different story if they're stepping into that themselves and then they want to be around you because then they're you're matching, your energy's matching. Like you're saying, it starts to feel like you're feeding them. Well, even if it's not quite matching, it's growing. You're, you're, that learning process is happening. Yes. But absolutely. if it means that you need to step away to give the learning process, then exactly. that's not something to feel, and I can understand feeling guilty, okay? <laughs> like I've certainly been there. Um, but it's a gift you're giving them a gift. Unfortunately, some people don't see it that way, but that's a gift you're giving them. It's up to them to acknowledge and understand that gift. And as you mentioned before, people came up to you, have come up to you 10 years later going, I didn't get it then, but I do now. That's their journey. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that. I like, I, I like that sort of, I see that very clearly, what you just said, as such a beautiful way to look at it. Because um, sometimes I say, Lorraine, um, you know, I used to be a yes person a lot, like all the time, couldn't say no to anybody. Um, and then I got to a point where I, I, I was looking at honouring myself and being true and being authentic in my relationships. And so then I had to start to say no, or for me, it was more like a not yet, or I'd say, I'll let you know, because I couldn't say no straight away, <laughs> um, which was very helpful. Just saying, if anybody has a problem saying no, just saying I'll get back to you is a really good one. And actually getting back to them is very is, is, is authentic. So to make sure you do that. But yeah. I had to reframe it and see that I wasn't actually saying no to them. I was actually saying yes to my truth and to my authenticity and so it wasn't a no it was a yes so i thought oh that's good because i'm a yes person so it's cool <laughs> so yes <laughs> um, and i think it's the same way around it's like when you actually are um allowing yourself to be seen you're saying yes to yourself but at the same time instead of feeling guilty if you see your yes to you as also a yes to them because you're actually saying yes you have permission now to grow Without my help, like, yes, I set you free. Yes, it's, it's, it's all available for you. Then it's easier to do and not step into guilt. And, yes, I still love you anyway because you, yeah. you may not change in this lifetime. You may choose to be at the vibrational frequency that you want to be at this lifetime because that is your free will. And it's none of my business that if you choose not to do that, that's none of my business. And to be in that space of completely big, 
unconditional love, I think that's such an awesome, awesome thing that we can actually give to people while we're saying technically no to yeah. the short-term that, relationship. That, that no is, as I said, it, it, it's a gift. And that no is you seeing the ability that they can do this and that they can change and they don't need to have you there to be able to do that. You, you will be there and you can still have contact. But unfortunately, they don't see it at that time. And that's the part. You've, you've got that beautiful energy and that beautiful gift to be able to, to see what others don't see. And, you know, this is why I love what I do too because I'm very much that where I can see many things in people that they just don't see within themselves and, and their beautiful magnificence and brilliance and, you know, that richness and, and power and purpose, but unfortunately they don't see it. And until they are ready to have that glimpse or then that's when the transition will change for them. But the gift is for you to be able to say, well, I, I know you can do this and, it, and I'm here to get, share my gift then with others. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's such a... Um, I'm just thinking about it as you were talking about that even if we don't have that physical communication, all of what we're talking about here is really like the energetics that it's like literally like giving them gifts. Like it literally is like giving them gifts, what we're saying, which is amazing energetically. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, is that sometimes I felt like I need to really have a conversation with them like so bad because I want to, there are things I want to say, blah, 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 blah. So then there's that other level, like, you know, how you, we do the, the verbal diarrhea into the phone. We can, we can call in their higher self into a meditation. I've done this myself. And, so, mm -hmm. and, and it's spoken, actually, instead of speaking from the child space, which needed to do the verbal diarrhea on the phone, what I've done is I've actually called them in to a meditation but only their higher self. I, I, I only want to have a conversation with their higher self because all the other stuff is just detail and fluff. And I've, I'm over that now. I just, want to, I just want to communicate to their higher self and to ask them, is there anything about our relationship that is incomplete that I need to learn? Because then if, if there is, then I can actually go, okay, I'm not avoiding this person. I need to do some more work there. Let me have a look. Let me have another look. Let me go. Let me go. Let me do some shadow work. Let me talk to my inner child. Let's, let's have a look here. But yeah. if, if the higher self's go, hey, babe, guess what? I've served my purpose. That contract's cool. Off, off, off you go. That is the bee's knees, that feeling. Yeah. I just want to share. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. Because that's, um, as you said, that's connecting those beautiful energies, that higher level, our divine purpose, our divine goddess, um, you know, that's, that's helping that connection and that energy. And surprisingly enough, if they were very tuned in, it would be interesting to, to know whether they would feel a shift in energy. Do you know what I mean? If they were having a good day or something happened really, or, yeah, I just felt really lifted today, it would be interesting to, you know, understand whether they actually felt that beautiful energy that came from that conversation. Yeah. That's beautiful, yeah. That's beautiful Michelle. I love that. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, Sometimes we all feel that frustration. I wish I could get through that person or I wish I could reach that person or, you know, and it's like, there's no need. Just take it, take it to there and then work. Then you can work out what you've got to do over here with you and your higher self internally. Mm. You can do the work you need to do. And if, if it means recontacting or being in touch with that person for a little while longer, because there's more soul contract work to do, then you can go right ahead and do that. But you'll be, you'll be fully uh, aware of mm. more that's mm -hmm. in that sort of um, sometimes we can get caught up in that. If only that person was different, I'd be okay. You know, that well, sort you're, of thing. you're not depleting that part of you. You're not depleting that other energy 
for them to take because you're at that other level. Exactly. You're in that other space. Yes, exactly. And yeah, I think that that's very powerful as well, going in with that sort of um, less reactive energy. Because if we do have some, because sometimes that happens, it's like we just, oh, that's the straw that broke the camel's back. I don't want to have any more contact mm. with that person. Over it, we do, we get to that point, don't we? Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's fine. You know, if our higher self contract says, okay, it's done, it's not, no, no more work here, cool. But I mean, if there is something else and we need to have a conversation that even finishes, um, the relationship in a loving way, um, then I think then at least we have some clarity around that. It's it's good to go in with that kind of neutrality, not sort of attached that the other person has to get it, but yeah. also, yeah. you know, just our work, like outside that we need to do. Yes, yes. So um, how are you going with your business? How can people find you and everything? I know the hour's gone really quickly. It's speeding oh, away here. It has, it has. Um, well, I do have a Facebook page of Certitude Life Coaching and I also have a website, certitudelifecoaching.com.au. Um, they are two main ways for people. Of course, I have an email address as well, which is certitudelifecoaching at bigpond.com. Um, and I have on my website too a 30-minute free healing session, which is more so, it's a healing consultation in the sense of where are you now and where do you want to be? Yeah. And having that conversation to create that awareness and to see where those bits can fit in and, and how I can um, help in that way. So, and that's, as I said, a 30-minute free consultation. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Wow. That's such a freaking gift. Like, hello, anybody watching? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It great. That's amazing. What a gift. Um, yeah. Well, I, I've really enjoyed it. It's been such a great conversation to have, to be talking about being seen because I just remember like in, in my, one of my marriages, like, I, I remember saying that, those words, I just don't feel like I'm seen. And mm. I think that it's such a, a big thing, a big contribution to, to recovering from depression is, is mm. seeing ourselves and, the more we can see the truth of who we are, the more we feel that we can connect with our purpose because we're infinite beings. So our purpose can then unfold in a beautiful way. So it's been the interesting thing too about that being seen and, and the depression side of things, and I know this, you know, can ruffle some feathers, but yeah. people need to understand that it is something that they've done to themselves, that they've allowed to happen in some way. Um, I know that there's people out there, you know, that's saying, well, you know, someone's doing to this and this is happening in my marriage and, and this relationship and that person's doing that. But because of the blurred boundaries of, of what's happening to us and our thought and emotion and energy, we've allowed that to happen. It's not like, you know, because I know people come back to me going, what do you think I want is this? No, I'm not saying you wanted it. I'm saying that because of the boundaries that have become blurred and because of the thinking within yourself, like be the guilt, the doubt, the not good enough stuff, we've allowed that to come into us. And we need to take ownership again of, of who we are to create and be tapping into that authenticity again and that true Absolutely. essence and that light within us. Absolutely. And not to think that the depression or the situation that we're in is bad. It's simply serving us to experience oh. that lower vibrational frequency that needs to be experienced. And we've needed to create that so that we can then do something different. There's no wrong about it. It's That's divine. so right. I'm glad you said that, Michelle. Yeah, it's so divine in itself. And I, 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 I am in gratitude for my postnatal depression. I am in gratitude for my eating disorder. I am in gratitude for all of, all of my um, relationships that have served me that haven't worked, technically haven't worked, you know. It's like amazing because all of those things have contributed to actually knowing who I am, actually living a purposeful life. So mm -hmm. there's immense gratitude there um, to own your creations no matter what vibration you've created, because, hey, 
they're going to be, they're, they're in service to us. They're in service to us. And, and that's so true, you know, um, living alongside mental illness for over 50 years, um, having my father go through dementia and all, all that, and spending, you know, such a dysfunctional family. And people used to say to me, you know, well, how can you communicate? How can you? Because these are the learnings and the lessons that I needed to have. This is what my journey was about. And if I didn't have those journeys, I wouldn't know who I was and I wouldn't be able to make and have that positive impact that I, that I want to be able to give to people and, and um, create that. So I'm thankful. I'm, yeah, there's been some really shit times. I'm sorry for fans, but I'm thankful for those times. Yeah. Because that's helped me to really tap into who I am, the qualities I have, the strengths that I have, um, where I come from, my beautiful big heart. Like, the, these situations weren't done deliberately, so to speak. It was... People, they only did what they knew was the best at the time. That's that's what it was. They, yeah. So I'm thankful for my journey. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. And and I thought of something quite ironic. I guess um, it's like in order to find our purpose, we need to find the purpose in the depression and how it's serving us. So it's kind of like an interesting. Um, paradox uh right there isn't it to mm. find our purpose we need to find the purpose in the depression and how it served us um i hope that, that people actually feel feel the levity in that because there's a lot of there's a lot of lightness of being there's a lot of high vibrational frequencies right there to help people lift into their purpose by but by, by, by being gracious and, and to actually say, let me, let, me, let me have a good look so I can actually understand it a bit more so it can serve me better. Mm. Beautifully. Well said. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Love you. <sighs> well, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your beautiful heart and your beautiful wisdom because I'm sure that people who are listening are going to get so much out of this. I know I have, so thank you so much, Lorraine. And thank you, Michelle. I really do. I'm so grateful and thankful that you invited me to Enlightened Conversations. Um, and I've learned a lot. <laughs> awesome. Oh, that's thank wonderful. You.